Welcome to Millennial Wisdom, a listener's journey with powerful insights about your work and your life. The next installment of the Millennials Guide series is Millennials Guide to Relationships. Happy and healthy relationships are not a myth. Available everywhere now, wherever books are sold. And now, here's your host, consultant, coach, and best-selling author, Dr. Jennifer Wisdom. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Millennial Wisdom, where we talk with millennials about all the important stuff that's going on in their lives. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Wisdom, and I am so excited to have with us today, Chrissy Kyles. She is a higher education professional, and she hosts the Bliss with Chris podcast. Welcome, Chrissy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So glad you're here. So let's start with what are you up to? So tell us what kinds of things you do, keep yourself busy, and what was your path to get here? Yes. So I work in higher education, specifically in career services, and I've been doing career services for almost two years now, but I've been in higher ed for four years total. I've worked also in diversity and inclusion and a grant-funded program called Gear Up. So that's what my day job is. It's been interesting with COVID the past year now. We can actually say it's been a year as of today (laughs) where it hit Oklahoma pretty bad. But yeah, by evening and weekend, I started the Bliss with Chris podcast that you mentioned. It started in April of last year as I... Mm -hmm kind of was just like, I wanted to start a podcast, but I used the excuse like, oh, once I get home from work, I'm tired. And so I finally was like, I have no excuse because I am working from home now. So (laughs) coming in on a year with the podcast. So that's me. Awesome. Um, How I got into higher education. So (laughs) I went to college for family and consumer science education, which is essentially like home ec thought I wanted to teach high schoolers, which I do still enjoy high school aged people. But I realized, number one, there's other jobs that are in higher ed that are not professors. Because I think Uh sometimes we think like, oh, all you can do in higher ed is be a professor or a higher level administrator. Uh But (laughs) having those student affairs focused staff members that served as advisors and mentors for me along the way, I realized, oh, I probably wouldn't have gotten through college without them or had the experience that I had. Uh So I said, well, I could still be in education, but give that same feeling back to upcoming college students. So that's how I got to where I am today. That's great. That's great. When we talked earlier, you mentioned that you have had the experience of a quarter life crisis. Can you tell us what you mean by that and what happened? (laughs) Yes. So essentially quarter life crisis. I never heard of it until I read this book called The Defining Decade by Dr. Meg Jay, who's a psychologist. Uh And she works primarily with people in their 20s and early 30s. That's kind of her specialty area. Mm -hmm. And what she has, I don't know if she's the originator of this term or not, but she does a lot of research on it. And so what she finds is what happens in your kind of your mid twenties is you hit this like crisis mode, which essentially is an identity crisis, honestly, Uh because there's so much transition that happens in your twenties. 
some people go to college, some people start families, some people are starting their careers, some people are doing all of the things at once. And so it's easy to get into this identity crisis, like, is what I'm doing really what I want to do? Was I truly meant to do this career? Am I happy in the relationship that I'm in? So that's essentially what quarter life crisis is like this moment where like, all of these intersecting transitions kind of like just hit you when you're like, am I living the purpose that I'm meant to be? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's essentially what quarter life crisis is in a nutshell. For me, specifically, I would say the biggest triggers were my finding my career path and finishing graduate school. I got, I went on straight after undergrad to get my grad degree in mass, my master's in adult and higher education. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I had just used two years of my life to get that degree, but I wasn't landing a job in the field of higher education at that time. And I started my job search, like, I'd say February of that semester that I graduated. So three Mm -hmm. months before I graduated, but it took me about a total of six or seven months to actually find a job, which I would say, I would say that's kind of lucky because I've heard it take even longer right. for some other people. Right. But I started getting to this point where I was like, okay, I invested time, money, energy into getting this degree. Yeah. And I would hear all the time from, you know, like my supervisors and coworkers, like, oh, you're an awesome worker. You'd be a great administrator at whatever college or university you end up at. So you hear all these things, but then I started to doubt myself, my mm-hmm. purpose. And even if I was meant to be in the field of higher education because I wasn't landing a job. So that was kind of my like quarter life crisis that summer after I graduate, because not only was I transitioning to finding my first full-time career, but I struggled with my identity as I think I kind of got wrapped up in my previous job. Uh And once I was no longer in school, I couldn't keep that job because it was a graduate assistant position. Right. So here I was kind of losing a lot of my, I guess, identities that I kind of got wrapped up in. So being a student, being in that job I was in, the friends that I was in grad school with. (laughs) So that's a lot in itself on top of trying to navigate a job search. Right. Right. And on top of that, I was I knew this would be the one time where if I wanted to move out of state, I was open to that for my first job. And so I was kind of in the back of my head like planning for a potential move out of state, right? Right. So that was a lot. That's yeah, that's intense. So how'd you pull out of it? What happened? Oh, well, um, by July, I was like, if I don't get a job in higher education, I'm just going to start applying outside of higher ed. Because at that point, I was like, I just need an income, to be honest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So another thing that was frustrating that summer was I, so a lot of times in higher ed, what happens is they'll scale down to a couple of candidates and then they'll invite the top three candidates to an Mm -hmm. on-campus interview. Yeah. So I went through that process four times. So I was a finalist four times. So it was just (laughs) like, it was giving me hope like, okay, maybe this will land, right? Nope. So I think that added on to the quarter. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that must've been so tough. But 
how I got out of it, I was like, okay, I had an interview. Like I said, I was like, if I don't have anything by August in higher ed, I'll look elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I had an interview like July 20th, 25th, 26th, 27th, basically the end of July. And it was in higher education. And so that kind of was like, okay, if this doesn't work out, then it's not meant to be at least Mm -hmm. not this academic year. So I ended up actually getting that job that I interviewed at the end of July. And I started like the first week of August, actually. So that was literally my saving grace. Yeah. Wow. So I'm going to ask a a pointed question here. So did all that identity stuff just automatically resolve when you got the job? No, because (laughs) what's funny is the university I ended up working at was three hours from home. It was still in Oklahoma, Uh but I think people sometimes sleep on Oklahoma because it looks small on the map, but it's pretty spread out and rural. Mm -hmm. So I ended up moving. It still was a big move. And (laughs) where the institution's located is 10 miles from the Texas-Oklahoma border. So Uh I was almost out of state like I had originally (laughs) planned. But because I moved, didn't know anyone in that town. And just, I think the natural transition of getting your first full-time job ever (laughs) was a lot. So that identity crisis definitely did not just magically go away. (laughs) Once I got a job, it took some time to get acclimated to being a professional, being a professional that was in a new city and that didn't know anyone. Yeah. So no, it did not magically go away. It took some time. (laughs) I figured. So tell us, this is something that I hear questions about all the time. How does one go about finding friends as a grown-up? It's hard. And I know we have the added with COVID. Right. Right. (laughs) Sometimes it's just, I have to tell myself, be the person that you will want others, other people to be. So Uh sometimes you have to it's sometimes uncomfortable. Sometimes you have to put yourself out there Uh and maybe say, Hey, do you want to grab a virtual coffee or whatever? Right. In order to start to make that connection and eventually become friends with that person. But I think one thing that I'm learning actually, as I get older is that friendships are like work as you get older, because people are adding, you know, family members, we're navigating like our parents getting older, more demands in our lives. And so you have to be intentional about connecting and reconnecting with your friends. It's not as easy as it was like maybe in college or your young adulthood before life happened. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of COVID, you work in career services, and I think that there's a lot of young millennials who are currently still in their 20s, and maybe even older millennials who are in their 30s right now, who are wondering in the time of, especially in the time of COVID, about the value of higher education. And some people even have potentially a lot of student loan debt and maybe regretting that they chose the path of going to college. Can you speak to that about the value of higher education and, and kind of how you would respond to those questions? Yes. As far as those that have completed college already and you are paying your student loan debt, I would say, I know I don't really agree with how the cost of education is even since I graduated only like five years ago, and it's Uh just like the price has dramatically skyrocketed. So as far as the loan part, I would say, don't think that you didn't gain 
anything out of college. I know it's not fun paying back the loans, but I feel like there's still transferable skills that people gain from college that can apply to their workplace or just Mm -hmm. their personal and professional life. But I'm with you there. Like, I don't even like paying my loan every month. Well, we kind of had relief the last year with COVID. So Right. But I, I do groan when I do make that payment. Yeah. Um, but for those maybe that are maybe thinking about going to college right now, I would say I, I'm kind of 50-50. Even though I work in higher education, I do realize that the cost of it sometimes does not outweigh the benefit of, am I going to make a salary out of college to pay back my student loan, to be mm-hmm. honest with you? Mm-hmm. But I will say, I know it's becoming very competitive to get jobs without a degree. It shouldn't be that way. But sometimes that having that degree, and I'm not even going to say a bachelor's degree, sometimes an associate's can just put you in, I guess, doors that will make you a better salary. Just yeah. it's, it's kind of social proof, to be honest. Yeah. So I'd say depending on what industry you want to be in. It might be worthwhile to go to college just for being able to say, you know, I've earned this degree. The beauty of our changing world is that I think there's becoming more industries where a degree is not necessary. Mm-hmm. So I'd say just do your research, look at what's required of the field that you're wanting to be in. Mm-hmm. And also don't be afraid to take a gap year between now and you know the next year if you don't know what you want to do because honestly I feel like there's hardly enough time for people to waste time that first year and be like oh this was all a waste because none of these credits are going to count so I'd say know yourself a little bit better before you like hop into university yeah yeah that sounds great and it was interesting because while you're talking I'm thinking you know you talked about college as as undergraduate degree, associate's or bachelor's degree, as an investment, as an opportunity for experience, and as potentially a job requirement in many fields. Can you talk a little bit about the value of lifelong learning? And how do you do that after you're out of school? <laughs> yes. So I look at lifelong, lifelong learning as something that you intentionally have to seek out Meaning, yes, there's opportunities out there between like certifications or just like personal enrichment type classes, maybe Mm -hmm. at your local vocational school, things on the internet, especially the last year, there's a lot of, what are they called? I guess online classes, but there, I know that there's like a a more specific term for it Mm -hmm. where they're not like structured, like with deadlines. Uh Um, It's kind of open entry and you finish it at your own pace. So I'd say the opportunities are there, but you have to seek them out. Number one. Also, I think I would challenge people listening to think of learning as multidimensional, meaning it's not just something you can do at a college or university or Mm -hmm. community college or VOTEC. There's different routes of learning, of course, but you just have to seek them out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know mm-hmm. sometimes people say YouTube university. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that's not a bad idea because it's free content. But also with that, just make sure you're using reputable sources because yes. information on the internet is not 
true. <laughs> what? What? There's stuff on the internet that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing about that. And I, I too am, am a big proponent of lifelong learning and there's so many ways to learn and there's so many things to learn and experience. I just, it, it feels so frustrating to me when folks get through their high school education and then maybe an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree or a master's degree or even more. And they're just exhausted and they, they want to stop. That's, that's, that really stinks because there's yeah, so much that's exciting and so many different ways to learn than the ways that are presented in higher education alone. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that as a big fan of higher education <laughs> and a, a veteran of many years of higher education. Awesome. Awesome. So what's next for you, Chrissy? What's coming up in your life? Speaking of learning, (laughs) (laughs) I recently was accepted into a master's program in mental health counseling. Whoa. Awesome. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. And so part of me struggled because I have a master's, like I mentioned already Mm -hmm. in higher education. So I was like, why don't you just jump the gun and get a a PhD? Right. Uh But Uh I was like, I don't necessarily think I'm quite ready to be honest with a PhD yet. Plus just with my years of experience so far in higher education Mm -hmm. and my academic background in it, I see the link between college student development and mental health. Even in the short term that I've been working in higher ed, I feel like awareness has grown but also the severity of the cases of like anxiety, depression, sadly, suicide, and just other um, mental yeah. health challenges. And so the plan is once I graduate, become a licensed therapist to stay in higher education, I want to either work in a university counseling center, mm-hmm. or I've also thought about private practice, maybe mm-hmm. both at the same time, but that's what's next for me in the next couple of years. I love it. And once again, you are completely blasting any stereotype that millennials are lazy. I love this. I keep hearing millennials. Every millennial I talk to is hustling and I love it. (laughs) Good for you. That is incredible. I love it. So how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So my website is bliss with Chris and it's Chris C H R I S S with two S's Mm -hmm. dot com. I'm also on Instagram. That's the social media platform that I'm on the most, but I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, but all of my usernames on those platforms are bliss with Chris. I'm also on LinkedIn. If that's your jam, my name on LinkedIn is Christiana Kyles. So Christiana is actually my birth given name and Uh Chrissy's my nickname. So Uh that's where you can find me. That's great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, really appreciate you being here today. And I'm sure the listeners appreciate your perspective as well. Thank you so much, Chrissy. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. And check out Chrissy Kyles and check us out at leadwithwisdom.com. Check out our books, Millennials Guide to Work, Millennials Guide to Management and Leadership, and more at millennialsguides.com. Talk to you next time on Millennial Wisdom. You've been listening to Millennial Wisdom, a listener's journey with powerful insights about your work and your life with consultant, coach, and best-selling author, Dr. Jennifer Wisdom. For more information about the work Dr. Jennifer Wisdom is doing, visit leadwithwisdom.com. Millennials Wisdom is sponsored by Millennials Guides Books, available where books are sold and at millennialsguides.com. The next installment of the Millennials Guide series is Millennials Guide to Relationships. Happy and healthy relationships are not a myth. 
available everywhere now wherever books are sold.